This week on the Federalist Radio Hour. I don't know that I believe he would automatically be reelected, but it's a huge political gift that confirms his narrative about the administrative state and the intelligence community essentially targeting him for political purposes. Subscribe to The Federalist on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Old routines die hard, like those multiple cups of coffee and sugary energy drinks to stay alert. Well, I discovered a healthier way to get the sustained energy I need without all the caffeine and sugar. Super Beats Heart Chews. I just unwrap a chew or two in the morning and let Super Beats Heart Chews do the rest. I feel great about what I'm doing for my health. Join me in the new way to start your day with Super Beats Heart Chews. I challenge you to try it for 30 days and give them your feedback. No more afternoon coffees, energy drinks, and candy for a quick pick-me-up. I've been taking Super Beats Heart Chews for years, and it's an easy and convenient on-the-go boost to your overall health and energy. Make Super Beats Chews an essential part of your busy day. To make it easy to get started, I got you up to 45% off plus free shipping at danasbeats.com. Hurry, it's their best offer available anywhere. That's danasbeats.com for up to 45% off. danasbeats.com. Actually, I just want to say a number. Zero. Ten seconds left in audio. Today, we received news that our economy had 0% inflation in the month of July. 0%. Here's what that means. While the price of some things go up, went up last month, the price of other things went down by the same amount. The result, zero inflation last month. That's partially true. Um, when you talk about zero inflation, the CNN actually was a little more truthful. Listen to this. Look, it didn't get worse. And that is what a lot of people were really zeroing in on here. Uh, inflation in the month up eight and a half percent year over year in July. In June, it was 9.1%. So that's that sign of cooling in this still hot inflation. I think you can say that the boil is off, but this is a still very hot near a 40-year high uh, for inflation. Mm. No, but it's all great. It's 0%. I don't know what you're talking about. It's 0% inflation. 0%. He said it. Percent zero. Well, then I guess you're a bigot. That's them's the rules. That's how all this goes. Oh, gosh, I can't even get so much stuff, guys. Welcome to the show. It's Wednesday. We're halfway through the week. No idea what what else is going to happen. No idea what else is in store because ever it's we have we're going to go. I've got the latest stuff for the raid. We're going to discuss. I, I have this broken down in a couple of different ways. We have the discussion over classified materials right um some chain of custody stuff precedent and the legal overreach on this and i was thinking about how to break this down because i think precedent is important and it's important because the strength of a law is so often also measured by the consistent application of the law. And first off, welcome to the show. Dana Lash here with you. This headline from last night, let me pull this up. Because the scope of this, I mean, it really is uh, a fishing expedition. I mean, there's just no other way to, to, 
to put this. I mean, it really is a fishing expedition. They went after uh, Representative Scott Perry's phone. Now, I've got a few things here I'm looking at. So they went after, they got his cell phone. And from what we know, they handed him a warrant, requested he turn over his phone, and that was kind of it. He said it has information about his legislative and political activities, et cetera, et cetera. So apparently it was in relation to January 6th or whatever. So they're really trying to find something, anything related to this so that they can get him. And I also think that there's a couple of other reasons why they would want to, which we're going to get into. The July CPI report, super bad still. Food, rent, electricity still rising. We need a distraction going into midterms. I thought about this all last night, and I started a piece last night that was getting into the whole whys of it, like why now? And I think really ultimately that's it, because they're trying to reduce, they know that they're going to lose a certain amount going into the election, and they're trying to they're trying to reduce that, and they're also trying to set the stage a bit for coming up for 2024, which I'm going to get into separately, because I'm like of three schools of thought on that. But this situation with the cell phone of Scott Perry is wild to me. I mean, this is, this is, they're going after this guy's phone now. They're going, and oh, it's just January 6th. This is, this is not, this is like an expansion of the abuse of what they did with FISA and everything else. Now they want to, they want to just prosecute and raid everybody. That's it. They want to prosecute, raid everybody. That's how we're doing. And I feel like some of the Republican leadership, some not some leadership, but I feel like some Republicans don't exactly know how to handle this. You know what makes me mad about this is they did this during the final days of all these, you know, primaries and elections and everything else. And uh, I, you know, I just I it's just it's enraging because it's such a distraction to this. Now, I wanted to bring up too. So like I said, I have this kind of set out for you in a couple of different ways. The classified materials and the chain of command, all this stuff. Uh, also, the J6 relation, but the legality of it and the precedent of it. So the latest that we know is that they apparently also, I mean, they went through everything. They got 15 boxes. You know that they already had 12 to 15 boxes previously. So I just, I have to remedy the stupid talking point that I see going around that, oh, well, because yesterday, as I mentioned, I think this was in our third hour, people were mad that it was being called a raid instead of like a search, but it was a raid. You can, you can get mad. I mean, if you could sit here and say that some, a riot was an insurrection, I sure as hell can call a raid a raid, but they were mad because of the language being used about it and it, and it was a raid. The thing is, is that this, I, I mean... I have no idea why they couldn't have had a subpoena or why they couldn't have even called. I mentioned this yesterday. This morning, Alan Dershowitz has a piece. Or actually, yesterday evening, he published a piece. Uh, and this was after we, we had been on air. The 
full because this wasn't just like a simple search. I mean, they shut everything down. It was a full on raid where you had armed agents and they had everything shut down and they apparently went in. They weren't going to allow any of the attorneys to go in as they were looking at stuff. But and they demanded that the security cameras be turned off, which apparently the people there could not do it. And so I don't from what I understand, those were not turned off. But the it, as you know, we talked to Andy McCarthy yesterday. You know, it's one of those things where you can say you have a warrant for one thing, and then if you find anything else there, then that can just kind of be caught up into it. And it seems exactly like what they're doing. And the fact that they went after that one dude's cell phone, Scott Perry's cell phone, that just kind of signals to me that that's even more of what this is. Um, the idea that that um, like I said, the talk, the some of the talking points going out is that oh, it was you know it was a raid, it was you know a totally legal warrant you know, et cetera. It was a, it was a legal process. I think people want to be really, really careful and in, in having this appeal to authority. It's almost, you know, it's like circular logic almost that you have. It, we know that judges can be corrupt. We saw it in FISA. We've seen it in a million other instances. We also know that law enforcement can be corrupt. I sit on the stage with a corrupt cop in, in Parkland, so I know exactly this. So this idea that because these entities are involved or these entities signed off on something, despite the fact that there's numerous examples of, of these people abusing their authority as it specifically relates to political affiliation, that's not a, that's you, that appeal to authority it doesn't work. That's not that's not a substitute for actual evidence or reasoning. And so these people saying, well, you know, they had a warrant and it was that was the big talking point on MSNBC and CNN and everybody else last night. But again, I go back and we had this huge discussion yesterday. Yeah, the, the, uh, the, the FISA court previously and not just that, but I mean, there are other examples, the Mike Flynn, the Carter Page, et cetera, et cetera. So it does. I mean, it does not seem justified. Jonathan Turley, Alan Dershowitz, there are people on the left that are really the people on the left that are smart enough to see what kind of hell can be unleashed when you decide that this is going to be the new normal. Those are the people that the left ought to be listening to, but they're not. So they said, well, you know, it's, um, you know, they, yes, they have this basis for the raid. They said that they were coming for classified material. But what gets me, and this is what Dershowitz said also in his piece after we were on air, and we said this yesterday, why couldn't you have had a subpoena? Why wasn't there, why wasn't there a subpoena? We know Trump wasn't subpoenaed. We already know that he had been cooperating with the federal government and that they had already exchanged materials and that he had already given things over. This wasn't an issue. Why in the world is it an issue now? Why wasn't there, why wasn't anyone's attorney called and there in a meeting not scheduled? That's the thing. We, and, and we all know that law enforcement or that, or that FBI, the FBI bureaucrats are incredibly petty. So this so this i mean it just it is what it is we know that they're incredibly petty and so that they would have leaked this out so i mean this whole thing is about the more appropriate action and this is what dershowitz says would have been for the grand jury a grand jury to be convened and a subpoena issued that's it that's what they should have done they should have had a grand jury convened and a subpoenaed issued. And instead of doing this stuff. And then, too, when you issue a subpoena, and, and Turley has noted this, Dershowitz has noted this, when you issue someone a subpoena, their attorneys can then either contest it or advise their client to accept it, etc. 
but you don't raid. You don't skip that step and just raid something. This, that's why even the, there are people on the left that are saying this has just gone on. This is just such an overreach. It's so much of an overreach. And Trump wasn't even there. So the argument that they had to raid his house because they were worried about him destroying evidence, well, that's, that's a stupid claim that's not supported by their history of already working with him on this stuff. They were already talking with him and had, and had already received material from him. Furthermore, where was he? Was he, was he, in, he was at uh, Trump Tower, wasn't he, or Bedminster? I think he was at Bedminster, and then he went to Trump Tower last night. So he wasn't even anywhere near Florida. There was no way that he could have destroyed any evidence had there been a subpoena for it. And you can have subpoenas that demand for immediate satisfaction. They can, they can demand that it must be turned over absolutely immediately. There was no way that he could have destroyed anything. I mean, and this idea from the left that warrants are somehow equal to conviction is the stupidest thing I've ever heard of. Here's the thing. Turley, I, I listened to Turley say this. McCarthy also kind of touched on this. Dershowitz said, every criminal defense lawyer knows that search warrants are re- issued routinely and less critically than candy is distributed on Halloween, and judges rarely exercise real discretion or real supervision. And we have no idea if this was, you know, different from that case here. So this had to, th- what, this was an optic where they had to show you that they were doing stuff. Look at us doing the justice. Look at us with all the justice doing. That's what we're doing. Now they have to, they have to, they have to justify what they've done. Now, there's the issue of the warrant. The big issue of the warrant. And people are asking, does he even have it? That's the thing. The left is going, oh, why doesn't he just, issue, why does he just release the warrant? You're assuming that he even has it. And then you're assuming that the warrant even actually answers the questions that we're asking. I mean, that's what, what McCarthy said yesterday. What is in the warrant in terms of what investigators think they're going to see may not actually be what they're looking for, especially if they think that there's other stuff there. I mean, that's, I mean, this is just, it's asinine. I'm going to come back to this because I want to explore that aspect of it of as well. Does he even have a warrant? And I do agree. I think it needs to be made public, but more so. I'm not going to put the onus on the person who was raided theatrically for what definitely seems like a political targeting. The onus should be on the government to justify it. We're not going to do this reverse course crap where we're going to make the person who clearly has been the subject of political targeting in the past with FISA, repeatedly, we're not going to make this person justify the government's overreach. So we're going to come back to that. We're going to discuss that. I, I also have some economic stuff. I have the latest, the PACT Act being signed. Uh, oh, man, we've got a lot. As ransomware and other cyber attacks continue to sweep the nation, traditional antiviruses continue to fail as they cannot detect new malware and ransomware. And that's because they operate off a blacklist. And many of these antiviruses are made in the same foreign countries that the malware originates from. PCmatic is the only solution that is 100% made in America and uses proprietary whitelist technology to protect against all known and unknown cyber threats, including ransomware, malware, identity theft, and nation state attacks. PCmatic protects homes and businesses of all sizes. 
sizes. PCMatic also makes your computers run faster by performing automated maintenance and system optimization. Protect your devices with an American-made cyber solution. PCMatic is just $50 for five devices for one entire year with a full 30-day money-back guarantee. Act now and receive $5 off your entire order of PCMatic protection by visiting PCMatic.com slash Dana. Again, to protect you and your family from ransomware, malware, and other cyber threats, visit PCMatic.com slash Dana. And now, all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick 5, brought to you by Caltech. Man, I just think you really need to pay attention to all of the signs when you're going out and you're camping. You know what I mean? So apparently a woman in in Norway on Monday went camping. There were, she was a French tourist. She decided to pick an area, uh, it's called Sivetsleta, which is 500 miles north of Norway's mainland. They have signs all over the place, say authorities where there are polar bears, be careful, don't camp here. And she camped there and was totally mauled by the apex predator. She is recovering in a hospital, but interestingly, it's called Long Year Bien. Uh, it almost sounds kind of bearish. So a prime suspect was arrested in the Albuquerque serial killing of four Muslim men, even though Joe Biden said, which we'll talk about coming up, was a racial thing. He's actually a Sunni Muslim, and he was furious that his daughter had married a Shiite Muslim. One year after Afghanistan, spy agencies are now pivoting towards focusing on China, finally. And a truck collision. I'll be right back because there's a fireball spill on the highway down Little Rock, Arkansas. I got to go get down there. Give me some fireball. Stick with us. With the recent rulings from the Supreme Court, it's worth mentioning that these wins didn't happen on their own. It took the support of companies like Patriot Mobile, who have passionately fought on behalf of the unborn and your constitutional rights. Patriot Mobile is America's only Christian conservative mobile phone provider, and they've been on the front lines fighting for your values. This is why Patriot Mobile is different from every other provider out there. Inflation has made it really hard on many Americans, and thankfully, Patriot Mobile has plans for almost any budget, and they offer the same nationwide coverage as all the major carriers. So you get the same great service, plus the knowledge that your money is going to a company fighting for the sanctity of life, religious freedom, and the Second Amendment. Visit PatriotMobile.com slash Dana or call 972-PATRIOT. Use offer code Dana to get free activation. If you're a veteran or first responder, please let them know because they have special discounts just for you. Come join the movement and make the switch. PatriotMobile.com slash Dana, PatriotMobile.com slash Dana, or call 972-PATRIOT. Listen to The Dana Show live on the Odyssey app. Weekdays, noon to 3 p.m. Eastern Time. Do you consider Donald Trump to be a political rival of President Biden? I'm not going to speak to that from here. But you talk about Trump all the time. So do you consider him to be... I don't talk about Trump all the time. Ultra MAGA, you guys were criticizing his handling of COVID last week. You've mentioned his January 6th response a couple days ago. So can you say, based on all that... I didn't say anything about Mar-a-Lago. I'm just asking you if you consider the president. I'm, I'm be- saying from here, I'm not going to comment on that. Holy Does wow. the president still want to uh, think that he would be very fortunate to run against Trump in 2024, like he has said before? Again, I'm not going to comment it's on. Just, it's just I'm a not. I'm um, president. In the next election, I'd be very fortunate if I had that same man running against me. Does he still? All think I can that? tell you, Peter, is that the president intends to run in 2024. Wow. And I love that he kept going at this. Do you consider Trump to be a political rival of President Biden? Welcome back to the program, Dana Lash here with you. See, that's kind of a big thing that nobody's talking about. Let me just, uh, let me lay this out. You have Merrick Garland, who is 
D- uh, Attorney General, head of the DOJ. He's mad and he's a mean little Napoleon because his bid to be on the Supreme Court was thwarted by the guy who's who he greenlit to get raided, Donald Trump. Mayor Garland, remember the whole stolen seat thing? He was going to be on the Supreme Court and Trump swatted him the hell away. So keep that on the table. You have Joe Biden who could be potentially, he, he could be potentially overseeing this raid of his opponent coming up in a general election. You tell me that there's no conflict of interest here. Speaking of conflict of interest, Jeff Sessions recused himself for absolutely nothing. There was a lot, you remember this? Oh my gosh, there was a lot of of consternation about Jeff Sessions' recusal. It permanently damaged his relationship with Trump. He was attorney general. He decided to recuse himself from overseeing the Russia probe. I understand he wasn't doing it from my perspective. And I never I never disliked Jeff Sessions. He wasn't doing it to be petty. He was doing it because he was, I think, scared. My honest opinion. I mean, there's a difference if you're if you're being motivated by malicious intent or you're being motivated because you're terrified because they were they were coming for him and he all he was was on the the interim he was in the interim group that had been advising trump regarding foreign policy to me that's not enough for him to recuse himself i was against him recusing himself he recused himself and trump's fury i don't think had any limits and they still it i mean it he never he didn't get reelected jeff sessions I mean, it cost him a lot. There were a lot of people who say that, oh, well, you know, because he had met with the Russian ambassador, you know, at the time and all this stuff. And again, that was that's not unusual. Every single person when they're elected during that period when they're president elect, you you can't you don't get, you know, like a training period when you assume the White House, you immediately go in and you got to get going. So that's why they have this interim committee and they have people that are advising the president on all manner of things, whether it's foreign policy, whether all this stuff. And that's exactly what was happening here. But they immediately, they were demanding such purity. So he recused himself. Trump never got over it. Tommy Tuberville took his spot. He lost everything. Jeff Sessions is his career is done. Now, I get it. I have friends who are attorneys, and I don't necessarily agree with them on everything. I just, and this is not, you know, no offense to attorneys, and I have a child who's going to be going to law school, so no offense to attorneys. There was a uh, piece that every single one of these people sent me, and it's from Wall Street Journal. It's the AG wasn't weak. He was following law and sound device. He was being overly careful. You know what I mean? It's like you arguing with your accountant about what you can or can't, actually claim as a deduction and they're telling you you don't want to get audited you got to be careful it was kind of that it wasn't malicious intent that being said they never got over he recused himself like i said i think he recused himself for a not a damn thing that's me merrick garland you're telling me this little napoleon mean little man you're telling me this man doesn't harbor a grudge towards trump you're telling me this man whose ambition to be on the highest court in the land 
was thwarted by the big giant hand that was in the executive branch. You're telling me that this man doesn't hold a grudge? A man who jumps whenever Democrats snap their fingers and demand that the DOJ go after somebody that they dislike? You're telling me this? Because I don't believe you. I don't believe you. I just don't. There's a conflict of interest if you want to have a discussion about conflict of interest. I it's now I want to touch on this whole uh, double standard and precedent. I'm going to I'm going to give you a headline. You're going to get really mad. You guys remember Kevin Kleinsmith, right? Kevin Kleinsmith. And this is all related to this. Because this is the unequal application of the law. And this is why people don't trust the system. Kevin Kleinsmith was the FBI lawyer. And a senior FBI lawyer. Who was involved in the early days of that Trump-Russia probe, right? Real Clear Investigations has a really great... They have great some great coverage of this. So he had gotten in trouble... He was the attorney, the FBI attorney, who was helping to gather information to use as probable cause to get a surveillance warrant on Carter Page. And so Kevin Kleinsmith was the guy who got the email from the CIA. They, they, how do they list it in the thing? It's like other government agency, OGA, I think is how they list it, but it's the CIA. That's how they describe every other bureaucratic agency when they're trying not to name the agency. It was the CIA. He got an email from the CIA. This was after Kleinsmith was trying to, to develop this narrative and cherry pick evidence to support this, that Carter Page was an asset for Russia. Now, you need to understand all of this because this gets into precedent and the broken system and how this is going to affect Trump. So he got in trouble for this. I mean, this isn't like I said yesterday, this isn't just, you know, speaking into the air. He, this is actual legitimate fact. He is now a convicted felon. He pled guilty in August of 2020 to falsifying a document. He doctored an email. That was when he removed from the CIA email the exculpatory evidence that said that Carter Page was not an asset for Russia. Oh, to the contrary. He was a CIA asset against Russia. He removed that so that the FISA judge would have been more apt to sign off on this warrant, which is exactly what happened. So he got a 12 months probation sentence. Now, Real Clear Investigations reported that the bar has a record of accommodating him, right? Always accommodating him. Now, he agreed to the 12 months probation sentence. And he was expected to have his designation as an attorney stripped, right? But the D.C. bar did not do that. Despite the fact that it's pretty much the longstanding rule that if you are an attorney and you are a convicted felon, that you do not get to be a lawyer anymore. So they did not only not strip him of his attorney designation, they did not pursue any disciplinary action against him at all whatsoever either. They only conducted a little review of his case and they kind of temporarily suspended him, but he's fine. So fine, in fact, that 
He has been restored to good standing by the D.C. bar this week. I'll repeat it again. The FBI attorney that forged documents to use as probable cause to get a FISA court to issue a surveillance warrant on an innocent American citizen due to their political affiliation had their good standing restored by the D.C. bar. You tell me the system's not broken. Is this not something? Oh, I got more for you. So coming up, one of the things that we're going to dive into is one of these claims that we've been hearing that, well, they were in there for nine hours. You know, Trump apparently said uh, he gave a statement where he thinks that or they could have potentially planted something because they were there for nine and a half hours. No attorneys were allowed to be there, although I think there was something there's some back and forth about whether the cameras were turned off. And they were saying that, well, this this, you know, they, they there's no way that anybody could have planted evidence. I mean, this is just another fabrication by Trump. But here's the really interesting thing about that. There's a case going on right now. I don't know if you've heard about this little bitty case. It involves Big Gretch, right? It involves Big Gretch Whitmer. And apparently they the case is ongoing. They're saying that the FBI informant actually, I mean, it came out in court, planted some explosive materials to further the narrative that she was being targeted when it was a fed the literally the federal government that was orchestrating it we're going to talk about this here coming up because you need to be aware of this i i mean this is some if you want to have a discussion about crossing the rubicon moments these are them Never run out of coffee by joining the club with Black Rifle Coffee Company. Black Rifle Coffee Company was built upon the mission to serve coffee and culture to people who love America. As a veteran-owned company, Black Rifle Coffee Company delivers on that promise by developing explosive roast profiles with the same mission focus learned as members of the military, and they're committed to supporting veterans, law enforcement, and first responders. When you join the coffee club, you select your perfect roast, how much coffee you want, and how often you want it delivered, and it's all shipped right to your door for free. Not only do you save a trip to the store, but you also receive special discounted pricing. You gain access to exclusive products and partner brand discounts. Not sure what roast is best for you? Take the Black Rifle Coffee Quiz and get matched to the perfect coffee roast and then join the club. Visit BlackRifleCoffee.com slash Dana to save 20% off your purchase in your first coffee club order. That's 20% off with promo code Dana at BlackRifleCoffee.com slash Dana. Fuel your life with America's coffee. Black Rifle Coffee. When you're stuck discussing politics with your friends, who's the most informed person in the group? Yep, you are. You're welcome. Listen, follow, subscribe. The Dana Show. Find me on Substack over at Chapter and Verse, and you can also find the show over on Facebook, Official Dana Lash, and YouTube, everything else. I've, there's just so much I have to get through everything. One of the things we're going to hit next hour is the whole thing on Trump taking the fifth this morning because they had uh, his ongoing, he's still, de- I mean, because he's dealing with all this stuff in New York. And so he apparently took the Fifth Amendment in court uh, this morning and everyone's going, oh, well, you know, if you have to plead the Fifth, that means, you know, the Fifth, you know, that means you don't take the Fifth if you didn't do anything wrong. That's one of the stupidest hot takes ever. And people were saying, well, Trump had said previously that uh, only people, only the mob uh, takes the Fifth. Well, what if it's the mob administering it? There you go. (laughs) 
So we're going to talk about that coming up next hour. I wanted to touch on uh, because there's so many things to unpack, and I'm I'm I've got this, and this is all under the umbrella of everything that happened with the raid, and just all these different examples of some bad precedents that have been allowed to that have been established. Uh, since you know the regime and the bureaucratic class and the deep state i mean i used to not believe in the deep in the deep state but then the deep state was like here we are so you know hi and i gotta believe in them now uh so this argument that maybe nobody planted evidence i don't know no one knows it's just speculation but what gets me is that even when it's brought up in conversation as like a warning or a fear the left immediately discounts it oh my gosh how dare you what are you talking about what are you saying that somebody, what do you mean Trump said that somebody could plan information? This couldn't happen, not here in the U.S. of A. No way, said the people who did Waco. No way could then your federal government do anything like this to you, said the Ruby Ridge folks. No way, said the FISA court abusers. So apparently in the trial, let me pull this up. Because you know the story. I, I don't need to give you the story of what happened, right? With the Whitmer, the, the Gretchen Whitmer thing. Where the FBI apparently was discovered that the FBI actually led the plot. They created and led it. It's the second trial that's ongoing to this morning. And it's for two people, two citizens who were involved in this whole Gretchen Whitmer kidnapping plot. And... It's kind of uh, kind of crazy how this is happening. Washington Examiner has some good write-ups on, you know, like the jury selection and all of this stuff. The it's just wild to me. So it's Adam Fox and Barry Croft. They're accused of plotting to kidnap Michigan Governor Gretchen Whitmer. The first trial they had a hung jury. Now, one of the things that I can say, and this statement sounds insane, but it is ex- a thousand percent true with receipts and admissions by the federal government, is that it was an FBI plot. They, there were people who were upset with Gretchen Whitmer, and they were, it was brought up to them, well, maybe we should kidnap her and all this stuff, and these FBI operatives were, one in particular was really leading the charge, and, try, and there were a lot of these people who, at first they were like, yeah, we don't like Gretchen Whitmer. Wait, what? You want to kidnap her? Uh, and then they kind of jetted. And this was used as an example by Democrats. Oh, look at the dangerous right. They're going to kidnap a Democrat governor. Except it was literally a Fed boy plot. And so, I, I mean, I'm, I'm not sure how much it's coming up in the second trial. It's a retrial. They had the jury selection that started yesterday. Because the last trial in April just fell apart. And I mean, I feel like you know, it should be like first and front and center that, you know, it was the F, it was, I, I mean, I can't believe I'm saying this. I never actually thought I would say this. I thought this is statements that like only like p- crazy people who yell into the microphone say, but it's legit. Like it, it was literally entrapment. I mean, this was a legit FBI plot and they got like what to, I mean, are the guys that are on trial? They, I mean, it's just, there's so many. It's like it was the, the OG Ray Epps thing. I don't know. It's just crazy. But here's the kicker. So one of the things that apparently came out in trial was one of the informants apparently planting explosive material in the truck of one of the defendants so the FBI could confiscate the evidence upon arrest. 
Now, why am I telling you this? What does this have to do with the Trump thing? Because Trump had said he had wondered whether or not the FBI could have planted evidence. They were at Mar-a-Lago for nine and a half hours. They destroyed Melania Trump's closet, which is, you know, I mean, I get it. Our freedoms are at stake here. But, you know, I'm a girl and I'm like, oh, my gosh, they'd be throwing her clothes on the ground. But the people who reject harshly even the mere expressed fear that evidence could be planted, they have these knee-jerk reactions to say that that's not happening and never happened. It literally did in this one plot. And that's just one plot. And that came out in trial. This came out in the trial. So, and don't even get me started about the Carter Page emails. That was planted by an FBI Kevin Kleinsmith. So yes, it has happened. And it can happen. And the question is, did it happen? We got more coming up in our second hour. More of the Dana Show after this. Old routines die hard, like those multiple cups of coffee and sugary energy drinks to stay alert. Well, I discovered a healthier way to get the sustained energy I need without all the caffeine and sugar. Super Beats Heart Chews. I just unwrap a chew or two in the morning and let Super Beats Heart Chews do the rest. I feel great about what I'm doing for my health. Join me in the new way to start your day with Super Beats Heart Chews. I challenge you to try it for 30 days and give them your feedback. No more afternoon coffees, energy drinks, and candy for a quick pick-me-up. I've been taking Super Beats Heart Chews for years, and it's an easy and convenient on-the-go boost to your overall health and energy. Make Super Beats Chews an essential part of your busy day. To make it easy to get started, I got you up to 45% off plus free shipping at danasbeats.com. Hurry, it's their best offer available anywhere. That's danasbeats.com for up to 45% off. danasbeats.com. We're just not going to comment on the Department of Justice investigation. Okay, we're well, just we're just not going to comment are, on that. Is this White House weaponizing the Justice Department and the FBI against, against political opponents? The president has been very clear uh, from before he was elected, very clear on this. Hold on. It's Throughout his time in now, office. I, I heard the quote. We will be playing the quote tonight at 6 o'clock. Is this administration weaponizing the Justice Department and the FBI against political opponents? Peter, the president believes in the rule of law. The president believes in the independence of the Department of Justice. No, that is no. It's a yes or a no for you. I'm answering the question. You may not like it, but I'm answering the question, and I'm no, no. I'm answering the question, and I'm telling you that we are not going to comment (laughs) on a criminal investigation. But they they comment on every other investigation. Hell, Biden already waded into the thing with the with the uh, uh, Muslims that have been killed. What is in Albuquerque? And he's like, oh, it's so racist. And then, oh, came out, it was a Sunni Muslim who was mad that, uh, you know, this is, uh, some uh, family members were d- dating some Shiite Muslims. He got involved in that crime. We're not going to comment on the crime. Because that, that turned into a federal, federal investigation, from what I understand, because they were trying to kick it up to hate crime level. Welcome back to the program, second hour of the show. Dana Lash here with you, your lovable curmudgeon who likes her coffee black and bitter like her heart. You can find me on Substack, Chapter, and Verse, Facebook, YouTube, all those good places as well. The uh, refusing to comment, oh, he knew. I do, I will say this. I don't know if Biden knew, because I feel like they don't tell him anything anyway. You know, I mean, listen to some of his sound bites the past ever. 
uh, it doesn't sound like they tell him a lot. You know what I mean? How would he have, how would he have known this? I do think that uh, that smarmy little weasel, what's his face, Merrick Garland, I do absolutely think that he knew. The same guy who said, who worked with the FBI when they wanted to classify parents as terrorists. The same guy. Can I just pause for just a minute? Let me pause for a minute. I know people are mad at Mitch McConnell. I would like to remind you. Trump was the loudest Republican about making sure, I think next to Mike Lee, making sure that Merrick Garland didn't get on the bench. Well, and Josh Hawley. And he's like, Mitch, make this happen. And Mitch McConnell was dispatched to bring down the hammer. He was the hand. Ooh, like Game of Thrones. Hand of the king, right? Except hand of the president. And this and he smacked him down. And they never got over it. Stolen seat! Because Democrats think everything is theirs. And if they, you know, <laughs> heaven forbid, they go through protocol. So... For all the anger and everything of Mitch McConnell. He made sure also that this dude did not get on the Supreme Court. Just wanted to point that out. Now, the where she won't even say if he's this is audio sound by two. So and this was juicy time yesterday. So she wouldn't answer. She couldn't even just give a yes or no. She said, he believes in the rule of law. Well, is it a yes or no question? Then she was asked, okay, well, did Merrick Garland sign off on this raid? And we all kind of know the answer to that. It's somewhat rhetorical, but this is how she responded. And has the White House been told whether or not Attorney General Garland signed off on the search warrant himself? Uh, We learned about this. The president learned about this just like you all did uh, through the public reports. And uh, we learned about this just like the American people did. So you don't know whether or not Garland signed off on it? I don't have anything more to share. So we, like I said, we didn't learn, we did not know about this and we have not been briefed on this. Uh, we learned about this just like the public, just as you all were reporting it. Hmm. Really? You, so you did, you did he did, dude, come on, he did. You know he did. You know he did. Uh, I wanted to bring, I wanted to play this soundbite too. This is from uh, former AG Matt Whitaker. Because just to a recap, and I, I want to make sure that everybody remembers this, the, the this discussion with Trump on these documents has been going on for a long time. He already given over a bunch of boxes of stuff. That's why I'm like, well, they didn't have to rate him for that. Why the hell couldn't you just issue a subpoena for this if it was that? Because there was no indication. Look, if discussions had broken down, that would have leaked out and they would have been hammering him. You know this. Come on. So... Whitaker asks a great question. Listen to this audio sound by 7,000. One of the things uh, that is a question is, why send 30 FBI agents to carry out 30 boxes? And, and how extensive did they actually search for the information they wanted? Or did they just go grab anything that wasn't attached to the walls? And that's, hmm. you know, in this case, obviously, if they had particular things they were looking for, a subpoena could have easily accomplished the exact same, uh, you know, retention and, and grabbing of the documents that a search warrant could. So this is, uh, like you said, unprecedented and really shocking. Very shocking indeed. Yeah, why did you need, did you see some of the photos, by the way? So they had the cars, like they had their SUVs pulled up in front of the gate at Mar-a-Lago and there was like all these these agents and 
They had, you know, their rifles just slung down low ready. And then they had another, a very official man in the front with his walkie-talkie. It's very official. Just standing with his arms. One of the photos I saw. But And, I mean, they, they got, what did they end up actually getting? 15 boxes? Is it? Now, some of the things that they said, apparent, like they were, they were memento, mementos, uh, letters like from former President Obama, letters from other leaders that were to Trump, uh, little things like that. That all has to be part of the National Archive. And the discussion of, you know, classification, and that's the other thing. Let me pull this up. Let me make sure we hit this, and we're going to get into some of the economic stuff, because ultimately we, we can't take our eye off that ball even though I think that that's what this is kind of all about. If this is a, if this is an argument over classification, you realize that the precedent doesn't look real great there either. I mean, I don't I I could bring up Hillary Clinton. By the way, sidebar. I really need to make this joke. I'm not going to be able to continue this program today if I don't. You know how she's doing the uh she came out yesterday, day before yesterday saying that she's got the butt her emails hat. Yeah. She tweeted it out she was like oh here's hats and shirts butter emails and i was like well do you have any butter emails cigars and i'm gonna leave it there so this um this story jonathan turley had a great piece on james comey if you want to have a discussion about classified materials right because the classified materials it's just weird that you know james comey he leaked to the press and he never got in trouble remember that that was actually a felony what he did that's when he had his book a higher loyalty and he was releasing these memos to the press and he was he got in trouble that because he was removing and leaking these like classified memos to the press and it came out you know the guy that he gave him to leak uh, the guy that that he to whom he gave these documents and who was leaking them was like yeah you know i did it so my point is that was the guy who was the head of the fbi who was doing this and there was no nothing no wrist slap no anything nothing at all and so, I, I mean, it, it's just, it's kind of, that. not just that, you also have the uh, D- General David Petraeus. Do you remember this? He got in trouble. There was this deal that was given to him. Uh, Turley wrote that uh, he wanted to avoid jail time. And he said that, you know, Petraeus, because Petraeus, remember that whole thing when he was having an affair with that woman, Paula Broadwell? And she wrote his biography and he had an affair with the lady who wrote his biography and it all came out and all this stuff. And and I mean, this was a guy also who got in trouble with compromising like, you know, classified materials, et cetera, et cetera. And nothing was ever. Nothing ever happened. Cheryl Mills associated with Hillary Clinton. I mean, nothing ever happened there either. She also was was handling classified material with that secondary email account. So these, I mean, this is just, these are, the precedent here is kind of wild. Now, quick point on the search warrant, too. The, 
you know, if because the other thing with the 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 president has the authority to declassify certain things during the time which he is president. And it just kind of doesn't seem I mean, we don't know what even if it was classified materials, honestly, that the warrant was seeking because we don't know. Now. He, I think, can release the warrant. There's some back and forth about this. Because McCarthy had a piece yesterday in the New York Post. He said that the Justice Department obviously used this whole potential classified information thing as a pretext to obtain a warrant so it could search for what they're really looking for. Any kind of evidence that would tie Trump to a capital riot offense or seditious conspiracy or anything like that. So a fishing expedition. But even if we had the warrant, even if we had the warrant application, that doesn't really explain kind of the motivation and the scope. Now, the other thing was CBS said, because it was the Trump, what they, everyone was saying Trump needs to release the warrant. But CBS, CBS actually said that Trump and the folks at Mar-a-Lago weren't actually given a copy of it. This is what they write. They said that Trump attorney Lindsey Halligan had said the search warrant was sealed. She did not know what kind of documents the FBI might be looking for. Eric Trump told the Daily Mail that the FBI refused to give either Trump or his attorneys access to the warrant. He says agents refused to hand it over. Now, if it's sealed, I guess that might make sense. So it kind of sounds like for all these people saying, well, if Trump doesn't have anything to fear, he should release the warrant. How convenient is it that they can accuse him of that when the people who perpetrated this know that it's sealed? Because you have to base, don't you have to get another court order to unseal the damn thing? Yeah. So you can't unseal it unless you got another order. So he can't unseal it. So now there's, so the other argument is that, oh, well, that he doesn't, he just doesn't put it out there because uh, he's guilty. Well, if... You would actually have him, you're like baiting him to, to violate a crime. That just, that just presupposes that he even has it. But if it's sealed, he doesn't have it. And if it's sealed, you got to have a court order to unseal it. So that's, none of this works. Do you see this, this way that they try to set this up? It is so ridiculous. We got more to come. If you're like me, you're growing more and more concerned about the future. Inflation is at its highest level in 40 years. Interest rates are skyrocketing, and market experts not only predict a recession, but they're using terms like, quote, economic hurricane and unprecedented. So if you want to protect your future, do what I did. Call the only precious metal dealers that I trust, American Hartford Gold. American Hartford Gold can show you how to protect your savings and retirement accounts by diversifying your portfolio with physical gold and silver. So get started with just one short phone call and they'll have physical gold and silver delivered right to your door or inside your IRA or 401k. They're the highest rated firm in the country with an A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau and thousands of satisfied clients. Call right now and you'll receive up to $1,500 of free silver on your first qualifying order. Don't wait. Call 866-887-1188. That's 866-887-1188 or text DANA to 9 Nine nine eight eight nine nine. Protect your future with American Hartford Gold. 866-887-1188 or text DANA to 998899. 
And now, all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick 5, brought to you by Caltech. Man, apparently Rodolfo Castro cannot, like, not be with his phone. He, uh, Pittsburgh Pirates, he was sliding into third base when his cell phone literally slid out of his pocket on camera while he was sliding into third. Yeah. Infielder lost his phone. And every like everybody was like, what? what did, he goes, I don't think there's any professional ball player that would ever go out there with any intentions of taking a phone. He goes, it's horrible to happen. It happened to me. Obviously, it was unintentional. It, it's kind of funny, though. You know he had to be like, oh, my gosh, like realizing all of this when it happened. But, man, it's just, ugh. Uh, men are apparently at more of a risk for cancer. This is interesting. It's a, a study out. They say that they have men have a higher risk of cancer because of intrinsic biological differences, not because they eat, drink, and smoke more, according to a major study that looked at 300,000 middle-aged and older Americans. And they said that they were twice as likely to develop the disease when compared to women, even when lifestyle factors were ruled out. That's, like, very interesting. Uh, Also, this is, man, look, people, I got to tell you something. It's the New York Post. It says fake wedding rings. The fake wedding rings trend is skyrocketing amid financial pressure. They said that women always set their sights on the perfect ring. Yes, they do. And they not everybody, but they said couples are trying to break norms, though. And there's, you know, like they, they have jewelry companies saying that more and more people are looking. You know, they're, they're proposing with fake rings or sometimes they'll propose with fake rings. And then if she says yes, then they go get the real one, which actually, like, let's be real. That, you know, makes some sense. I'm not going to lie. That makes some sense. But um, they said that sometimes people are worried that they're going to lose it at proposal sites. And or that they're worried that the girl has that she's going to be super pressured because it's such a huge ring. I actually think that's a smart idea. I think it's dumb to get an engagement ring before you get married when you don't know if you know what I mean. Like, why spend all that money? Right. Like, you know, you can use like a little cutie, little, you know, whatever. It can even be kind of funny, Uh, you know, like a, you know, like a um, what is it? Those gumball machine rings or something. You don't have to. I don't know. Some people might disagree, but you're all just bougie then. Uh, let's see here. A Vic- <laughs> Victoria's Secret's viral bombshell perfume, or their bombshell perfume, actually repels mosquitoes. <laughs> they, they, it, they, apparently, it actually, it, it turned out to actually, they didn't, it just was something that they discovered by accident. It was their bombshell fragrance, and it apparently legit, they just discovered that it repels mosquitoes. Just what they also had modeling their stuff on the Victoria's Secret show before it's canceled. Stick with us. Caltech Innovation is back to back. You've heard me talk about Caltech's P50 pistol. Now here comes the new 9mm P15 carry pistol. Quality engineered, the 9mm P15 carry pistol is the lightest, thinnest of its kind and Caltech's first striker fire handgun. And as another first, the P15s feature a totally unique patent pending 15 round extended magazine. Now, other features include ambidextrous grip, safety, reversible mag release and the hybrid fiber optic night sights with fully adjustable rear that all comes standard it's from Keltec, inventors of subcompact polymer and now metal handguns the p15's gator grip texture on the polymer version increases stability and makes for easy accurate handling while the all metal version offers comfortable but positive traction and a really beautiful wood grip panel the p15 is the dependable firepower you need to secure your world see the new nine millimeter p15 first up close and personal at Keltec weapons Dot com. That's K-E-L-T-E-C weapons.com. 
your one-stop shop for the information you need to fight back. If you're going to have to learn stuff, you might as well enjoy it. The Dana Show. Who around here decided that Americans were crying out for more interaction with the IRS? I, I don't understand your question. You have to say more. Do you think it's going to be popular when the 87,000 new employees hired by the IRS go around and start auditing people to pay for the Inflation Reduction Act? So it's very clear. Uh, the IRS commissioner was very clear on this. He said that on, on the record that this only will, it will only apply to those earning over $400,000. The commissioner said, and I quote, these resources are absolutely not about increasing audit scrutiny on small businesses or middle income Americans as we have been implanting our invest investment of these enforcement resources is designed around treasury directive that audit rates will not rise relative to recent years for households making hey, under you know $400,000. You know what? No one, no one believes them. Nobody believes them. That's Corinne Jean-Pierre answering a question from Ducey Time yesterday. Nobody believes that. Welcome back to the program. Dana Lash here. You know why nobody believes it? Because of the policies that they have. Because they've literally said that they're going to go after people to make them pay their fair share. That's how you know. So why the hell even have that in your policy if you're not going to audit more people? Huh? Why, why include things like demanding that if you sell like, you know, your lawnmower on eBay... Hey, you gotta you gotta pay tax on one you know one sale of a lawnmower on eBay, a little bitty stuff. If you're not gonna go after everybody, that's such a lie. Why just stop lying? Why are you always lying to people? <sighs> All right, I got some more stuff to hit for you here. Did you guys see the story? Uh, which I'm sure, I know you did. I mean, it's rhetorical. It's the story of these killings of of in New Mexico. Four Muslim men in Albuquerque, New Mexico. And everyone was thought that they might be related. They were ambush killings in Albuquerque. And um, there was there's a lot of information that's still not out. Police aren't releasing everything. And they immediately remember when we played that audio of Corinne Jean-Pierre saying, oh, we're not going to we're not going to get involved in this. It's just not going to. A criminal investigation. Well, you know, this is this is two. Uh, the president of the United States decided to get involved. He tweeted out the other day, "Quote: I'm angered and saddened by the horrific killings of four Muslim men in Albuquerque. While we await a full investigation, my prayers are with the victims' families, and my administration stands strongly with the Muslim community. These hateful attacks have no place in America." Um. But wait, there's 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 more though. Uh, there's also there's a, a, a an Associated Press piece that it could just like, seem to suggest that it was. I mean, it was just weird. It seemed to suggest that uh, there's like this bunch of hate crimes targeting Muslims happening everywhere. It said. They had the headline, Albuquerque police say they've detained the primary suspect in the killings of four Muslim men in New York's, New Mexico's largest city. The killings have sent ripples of fear through Islamic communities in New Mexico and beyond. What does that sound like? It really sounds, I mean, and this is how they start their piece. Few anti-Muslim hate crimes have been recorded in Albuquerque over the last five years. That's their take. They went with the Muslim hate crime thing. 
There's something really, really inconvenient about this, though. The person who did it was a Sunni Muslim, and he targeted the victims because he was angry at his daughter for marrying a Shiite Muslim from the New York Times. That's what happened. And everyone was setting this up as this being like a hate crime because their Muzawala was a Sunni targeting Shiites. They said that Muhammad Saeed, 51, was going to be charged in two of the killings and that he was a suspect in the other two deaths. The president of the Islamic Center of New Mexico, Ahmed Assad, said that, uh, that, that three of the victims had attended one mosque and he understood the authorities were looking uh, at how the suspect was a Sunni Muslim motivated by resentment over marriage to a Shiite Muslim. They did say interpersonal conflict is what police officials ended up saying. And the media and the president were really pushing for this to be like a hate crime, you know, like something to that effect, like that. But that's not what, the, that's not what they got. I mean, you should just be against, you know, killing period but why does he feel like it just they try to make this stuff up and run this division where there isn't any there for instance premier jayapal i got mad yesterday about this i got really mad about this so premier jayapal she had tweeted this yesterday because yesterday yesterday was uh the it was yesterday in 2014 when michael brown was killed in ferguson And she tweeted this, quote, today marks eight years since Michael Brown was murdered by police in Ferguson, Missouri. We need to honor Michael's life with action. Let's keep fighting to dismantle white supremacy so we can ensure racial justice for all. So a recap, if you're unfamiliar with what we've said on the show or where we're from, Kane and I are from St. Louis. Kane's from Ferguson, Missouri. I had family that lived in Ferguson, Missouri. Every, it, national media tried to portray it as the ghetto, which it was not. I mean, for crying out loud, the, the neighborhood I lived in in St. in St. Louis did not have a Starbucks. Ferguson had a Starbucks. But Michael Brown wasn't murdered. That's a lie. This is how it started. A convenience store owner named Andy Patel. He called police because Michael Brown was captured on video taking items without paying. So police put out a bolo, a be on the lookout. And that's when Darren Wilson was on the street. He had gotten the bolo and he saw in the middle of the street walking the guy who matched the exact description of the bolo. That's why he got out and engaged. Now, remember who was president at the time? Barack Obama. Remember who was vice president at the time? Joe Biden. Who was running the Department of Justice? Barack Obama's guy, Eric Holder. This got turned over to the DOJ because of all the stuff that was going on. And Eric Holder, his own directed forensic report, came back that Michael Brown was the aggressor. Michael Brown had gunpowder residue and marks on his hand that could only have been present were his hands on the gun and his finger in the trigger guard. 
And not only did Eric Holder's Department of Justice come out stating this conclusively in their forensic report, but so did a grand jury comprised of people from Ferguson, Missouri. And so did all of the witnesses who were brought forward, who testified, not in public because they were terrified of retribution, but testified before the grand jury, people of the neighborhood, of the area. But wait, there's more. Andy Patel very vociferously disputed this history rewriting propaganda documentary that this dude put out to try to rewrite what happened to trigger the be on the lookout. And again, the grand jury, the witnesses, even Eric Holder's DOJ did not buy any of the excuses. It was absolutely locked down truth. There was no hands up, don't shoot. Darren Wilson was attacked. Autopsy, two separate forensic reports, including one from Eric Holder's DOJ, absolutely would beyond any questionable doubt confirm this. Now, there's more. Do you guys remember the prosecutor who led the investigation of this case, Bob McCullough? I sure as hell do. I've been in talk radio since 2008. I remember when far-left Democrat prosecutor Bob McCullough had convened what he called the Truth Squad during the run-up in the 2008 presidential election. Bob McCullough joined with another lefty prosecutor, Jennifer Joyce, and they joined with a lefty sheriff. What's his face? Glenn Boyer down there in Jeffco. Remember him, came? And they put together this little team, and they literally put out a little ad. And they were going at all, anything that was said about then-Senate candidate and presidential candidate Barack Obama, if it was false, the true squad was going to come at you. I wrote about it on one of my first shows in October of 2008. I discussed it. That's the same far-left Democrat prosecutor who was leading the investigation in the Mike Brown case. He was a hardcore Obama acolyte. So do not even, Premier Jayapal, sit down. I mean, they came out, STL Today, St. Louis Post-Dispatch, they had a headline, you can't handle the truth. They had all of this. They had all these people. In fact, it was so bad, it came under the scrutiny of then-Governor Matt Blunt at the time. And a lot of people were critical Because they said it was an attack on free speech, which it was. That's the prosecutor that led this. So no, Michael Brown was not murdered. No, there was no hands up, don't shoot. He was a criminal. He robbed a store. He assaulted Andy Patel, grabbed him by his neck on camera. A bolo went out. When the bolo went out and an officer saw a suspect matching the exact description of the bolo, Darren Wilson, and he engaged Mike Brown, attacked Darren Wilson, according to the witnesses that testified to the grand jury and conclusively the grand jury when they delivered the not guilty verdict in the case of Darren Wilson. You have Premier Jayapal who couldn't even find Ferguson on a map wading into this case eight years later to try to hatefully, because she's a racist, try to divide people further with this hateful fairy tale fabrication stop it get so aggravated at this stuff entire damn blocks were burned down because of these people's lies 
historically owned black owned businesses. Third and fourth generation owned, gone in a night because people believed the lies of racist grifters like Pramia Jayapal, who is an embarrassment to the office that she holds and the republic at large. And yes, you deserve the absolute most caustic scorn for pushing these lies when it was your own damn party that couldn't find a shred of evidence. Not even to maintain a presence in that police department, y'all couldn't. So don't. I get so aggravated at these grifters pushing this stuff to divide. Done with it. This week on the Federalist Radio Hour. I mean, I don't know that I believe he would automatically be reelected, but it's a, a huge political gift that confirms his narrative that he has said about the administrative state and the intelligence community essentially targeting him for political purposes. I'm Emily Jashinsky of The Federalist. Subscribe to The Federalist on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. The Dana Show, sponsored by 30 years of game-changing Caltech innovation, like the P-50, a new breed of pistol. Innovation. Performance. Caltech. It's his life mission to make bad decisions. (laughs) It's time for Florida Man. I just have this listed on my rundown as what in Florida hell, because, man, this is crazy. Florida man Sean Nagel was killed after being buried alive in the sand in a freak beach accident. What is a freak beach accident? How do you get buried in the sand? He was by a sand dune that collapsed as he was enjoying the sunrise, said authorities. It happened early Sunday morning at Rock Beach on Hutchinson Island, I'm not even kidding you. Passerbys, according to the Martin County Sheriff's Office, they said this on Facebook, spotted a pair of human legs sticking out from the sand, and they called for help. It was about 9 a.m. They identified the man as 37-year-old Sean Nagel from Stewart, Florida. He died, they said in the statement, quote, he died earlier, hours earlier from asphyxia as a result of being trapped in the sand. The sheriff confirmed to WPTV that when first responders showed up, they dug him up and they had, he had sand in his lungs. They think that he had been lying, laying under, by a sand dune and with his feet up while recording a video of a sunrise between 5 and 6 a.m. When the, when the dune collapsed, trapping him. And it happened on Rock Beach. That is crazy. So they said that they're still awaiting the results of a toxicology, but they, they said, but a GoPro camera, a plastic bag was found next to it. That's just crazy. Now, the, it, I, that's, man, I don't, don't want to be by no sand dunes. That's, ooh. Fox 35 says, this is Orlando, a naked Florida man with a machete was accused of trying to steal another man's clothes while the other man was wearing them. It was at a Deland gas station, according to Volusia County Sheriff's Office. Shortly before 10 p.m., deputies arrived to an area near the Volusia County Fairgrounds after a surveyor working in the area said the suspect, 34-year-old Brandon Wright, was picking, up, was picking palmetto berries in the woods and approached him with a large machete and demanded his clothes, his wallet, and his phone. Now, when the surveyor began to comply with Wright's demands, I, why, you... Run. He's got a machete. Just got out running. 
right reportedly through the machete at him along with a handful of palmetto berries before taking off into the brush and then into a white Dodge Challenger. Deputies said that the handle of the machete bounced off the surveyor's chest, leaving him uninjured. And they said moments later, Wright's vehicle passed a license plate reader in the Deland area. Law enforcement got reports of a naked man outside a gas station. They had a helicopter. Oh, there is footage. Oh, there's photos. They spotted him from the air. They gave him updates. He was naked, stark naked in the parking lot, yelling at people and walking around the gas station parking lot. Then he went out in the middle of traffic and yelled at people. And then, so he got, he was taken into Volusia County Branch Jail. Charges of attempted robbery with a deadly weapon, aggravated battery with a deadly weapon, aggravated assault with a deadly weapon. And by the way, apparently, he did the same thing back in August of 2021 in the same area. He also has prior convictions, including false imprisonment, possession of cocaine, battery on law enforcement. I mean, he's a repeat naked offender. Duh. Man, you maybe you just know it's that time of the time of the year again. It's August. Here comes the naked man. Oh, this exact time last year is when he did it. Just I don't know, man. We got a lot more on the way. Third hour of the show. No, pleading the Fifth Amendment. It, it, your Fifth Amendment privilege doesn't mean you're guilty, and a warrant is a con- isn't a conviction. Stick with us. It's very clear that Republicans have recognized that they can no longer win elections with votes and so they're leaning in hard to try and win elections uh, with violence and and they're fomenting that violence uh, right now with the threats they're making against the attorney general uh, with the online chatter that you continue to see with the failure to even condemn it on their side and i see it in my own social media channels no you don't either that's eric swalwell he's a guy who can screw a chinese spy and nobody raids his home welcome back to the program third hour of the show And uh, joining us later on in the program, Alan Dershowitz, because I've got a million questions about so many of these, the legalities. We're going to talk to him about that. Uh, But uh, Dana Lash here with you. Good to be with you. This third hour of our broadcast here on Wednesday, Eric Swalwell, I really think that they're trying so hard to make this look like uh, that this was... A, you know, that all the the reaction to all of this and everything else is all oh, these people are getting so violent and they're fine. He's the only, Swallow's the guy who said he was going to nuke people before. I saw this story come out. They said that, uh, ooh, Palm Beach authorities on alert about armed protesters expected at Mar-a-Lago. People are worried about the the rhetoric of those at Mar-a-Lago. And I, I posted a photo of the, uh, you know, the Abercrombie and Fed Boy look where everybody had the same watch and short buzz haircut and everything else live look yeah not no i don't i don't think so they would love to have people react like the left does to this stuff so they could use that as a way to uh justify further expansion of of authority just it's just it's everything because everything that they can throw they're doing (sighs) now a few other things that I want to make sure that we get into ahead of uh, talking to our friend Alan Dershowitz here coming up. The We're going to get into the taking the fifth. We're going to get into all of that. I also have, I got some stories about where everything stands in terms of the election. Uh, things are kind of changing at least 538. Uh, some others. I was really not happy with Rebecca Clayfish not winning the primary for Wisconsin governor. I really feel like she, 
you know, she she's been there in the in the streets this whole time, and I really feel like some bad badly advising K Street consul- consultants from the establishment side got involved, and uh, you know they thanked Rebecca Clayfish for standing up against the John Doe raids and the recall and all of that by uh, making sure that you know a good uh, public servant doesn't get into office. It's unfortunate. So, with that note. The other at the other story that's kind of catching my eye, and I'm going to set this stage up because this is a question I'm going to be asking Dershowitz, uh, because Trump had let me pull this up. He was in New York this morning. Uh, he, you know, the ongoing New York case, right? He had that ongoing New York case, and he was testifying in that. The use of the Fifth Amendment. I really feel like some people. He, was, he gave his deposition with the New York State AG this morning, and he pled the fifth at one point, saying, under the advice of my counsel, I decline to answer the questions under the rights and privileges afforded to every citizen under the United States Constitution. And everybody is, they're trying to, they're trying to argue that he, oh, Donald Trump had previously said that pleading the Fifth Amendment is somehow... Oh, it's the only the mob does that. You only do that if you're you're if if you're uh, if you're if you're a member of the mob. That those are the only people who plead the fifth. Well, for all the people who are criticizing him for taking that, what what happens? I mean, what it's the mob that's that's uh, running the deposition when the mob is running it when they're when when it's reversed. I love these legal hot takes from some of these people, including some of these Biden surrogates. The Fifth Amendment ensures that people are not forced to incriminate themselves, but you don't take the Fifth if you didn't do anything wrong. What a stupid statement. That's what fascists say. Well, uh, people who didn't do anything wrong don't take the Fifth Amendment. You don't have to give evidence on yourself. doesn't matter if you're innocent or guilty. That's, you know, a cornerstone of our republic. It's part of our due process. This is incredibly stupid. This is such a bad hot take. And and you have people who say this kind of garbage. Man, we need to... This is going to be on bad legal takes. You know it is. I mean, for instance, someone had said minorities often plead the fifth because it's their last line of defense, especially if they've been wrongly and justly targeted by law enforcement. Sounds like uh, this attorney, Daniel Goldman, wants to do away with that. This guy might need a new class. This is this. That's I mean, that's one of the you know, that's not something that you say if you even know the law at all. I mean, of course, he's a prosecutor. So, of course, prosecutors think that people who plead the fifth are guilty because he's a prosecutor. Just can we stop? Golly, this that's dangerous. And why would you help an entity that has set you up time and time again anyway? Jeez. These people. We're going to talk to Alan Dershowitz about that here also coming up. Now, a few other things. There's more information out. Eric Trump uh, gave an interview with the Daily Mail. And he was explaining a little bit everything that had been going on, uh, exactly what had happened and the raid and how this was interesting. They said that the um, the they refused to turn off the security cameras at Mar-a-Lago. That's what he said, contrary to FBI direction. He said that the FBI agents did not provide a copy of the search warrant. 
they removed Trump's lawyer, Christina Bob, from the property and they made her wait at the end of the driveway. And that they had 30 agents there and they said, you have to leave the property and turned off security cameras. She demanded the warrant. Eric Trump says, quote, they would not give her the search warrant. So they showed it to her from about 10 feet away and would not give her a copy. She didn't get to look at it. You know, she didn't get to see it. Apparently, according to Eric Trump, Eric, Eric Trump doesn't really have. I don't I don't know if you guys know him. I've met him before. I know his wife. I've known Don Jr. longer. But Eric Trump is like the he's the less political one of all of them. He is the least political. I mean, his wife works with the campaign and that. But he runs the business and he's not that he is not out front, but he's more I think he kind of likes being behind the scenes and doing the business and kind of just being on the periphery more. Um, he's not, you know, the, the the kind of, you know, person who's running towards the camera and saying stuff. It's so I mean, and he was just very matter of fact with this. He's like, well, this is exactly what happened. And they said that they knew that they were not going to that well he said partly because some of them did not know how to turn off the vast cameras and then they just outright refused to do it eric said that they eric trump said that they were in part of the area part of the property where they shouldn't have been that's one that's one of the things that he said so they don't apparently they don't even know what is on the warrant so uh you know, you can't really demand that he release something that he doesn't have. It's just odd. We're going to talk about all of this with Alan Dershowitz coming up. Now, what's interesting to me is why it happened. Like I said, why it happened the way it did. I have this piece. Let me pull this up. I have a piece from CNN that gets into how Apparently, Trump had been, he was already working with investigators. CNN reported back in the beginning of June that investigators had already visited him at Mar-a-Lago. They met, they had a meeting, they had, you know, he called his attorney, all that stuff. And they were talking about some of the material from, time, from Trump's time in the White House that had been taken to Mar-a-Lago. They sat down with a number of people, including Jay Bratt, the chief of the counterintelligence and export control section at the DOJ. They had Trump's attorney, Christina Bob and Evan Cochran. And they said that, you know, Trump greeted the investigators in the dining room and then he left. He didn't take any questions. They, they weren't asking him questions. They were just talking to the attorneys. They asked if they could see where Trump was storing the documents and the attorney said, sure. They took the investigators right to the room where all of the material was being stored and investigators looked around the room and then left. So the idea, too, that someone said, oh, there was an informant inside of Mar-a-Lago. I don't necessarily believe that, especially if the, if the investigators were already there and there was like no issue with showing them and talking to them and having this discussion. So why in the hell would you rate it? Right? I mean, why couldn't you? They didn't demand that apparently, according to CNN, and you know CNN would have reported it had this happened, they didn't demand custody of the documents. At the time of the visit. And at any point, if there had been overwhelming evidence because they had been there and they had seen exactly what it was, excuse me, if they had seen something that Trump shouldn't have had, they could have easily have gone back and obtained a warrant and come right back. 
instead of waiting two months. Is that not weird? The timeline's weird, right? I just, I got a lot of questions. I know you guys do too. It's just weird. Weird stuff. So this, the warrant too, like I said, they don't have, I mean, and apparently I read one report where it's sealed, which would require another court order. But boy, oh boy, have we been distracted from the crappy economy. I don't know if you guys have seen some of the latest, but, you know, we got 0% inflation. I don't know if you guys saw that or not. It's just amazing. 0% inflation. Who knew? Oh, you didn't know that? Yeah. Yeah, he said that. Grandpa Cheese brain said that. Uh, 0% inflation. True story. And the July CPI, bad still. There's nothing good. There's no, there's nothing good. I don't have any, I don't have any like up, upbeat, happy numbers to share with you. Uh, I mean, it's a flat month on month. Food, rent, electricity still on the rise. I'm reading from BLS.gov, their news release. It gets into, which, you know, you guys don't need to see the report on this. You guys know this stuff because you live it. The Consumer Price Index, it's just, uh, golly, 8.5% red hot still, year-on-year inflation rate. This is one of the highest readings of the year. Gasoline index, they said, fell 7.7% July. Offset increases in food and shelter indexes uh, remain unchanged. So there you go. We're still paying an arm and a leg for that. I honestly think some of this, the timing, I'm kind of answering my own question as to the timing of all of this, right? Is that too uh, reductive, you think, just to be like, oh, the timing, because our economy is so bad. Or going, I mean, is it too reductive or what? And now, all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick Five, brought to you by Caltech. Johnny Depp's comeback continues. Okay, we need to figure out how the hell to say this thing. He signed a multi-year seven-figure deal to continue as the celebrity face of Dior's best-selling man cologne. Well, yeah, cologne. It's S-A-U-V-A-G-E. Everyone pronounces this differently. I trust none of you. Is it Sauvage? Someone's like, no, it's Sauvage. I'm like, Sauvage? Sauvage? Like, I don't... Anyway. Savage. Savage. It's savage. You know, it's the cologne. It's savage. So uh, he signed a multi-million dollar deal. He's uh, Apparently, he's shooting a film uh, about... What is it? Louis the 15th? Louis the 15th? I can't remember. Uh, I'm actually kind of excited to see that because that's going to be really kooky. You know what will be. Uh, thanks to inflation, Social Security is set to have the largest payment increase since 1981 this fall. Okay. Why are they... This is money that they're taking out of your account and holding hostage and spending, claiming that they're protecting it for you. If that's all Social Security is. They said that they're going to get a benefit in uh, an increase in benefit payments in over 40 years. I was going to ask my mom about this, but I didn't want to get yelled at for like five minutes because she gets so mad over the Social Security thing. I mean, when Al Gore said he was going to put Social Security in a lockbox, I swear she threw something at our floor television. We still had a floor television. Uh, anyway, moving on. Australia put citizens in lockdown camps for COVID, but guess what? They allowed a COVID-positive soccer or football player to compete in order to win the gold in the Commonwealth Games. That seems like it's a little bit of a contradiction. You think? Tolly McGrath was able to play in Birmingham, but they t- but 
they still she tested positive, said Daily Mail. So very interesting there. An American teenager was re- was arrested trying to smuggle 16 pounds of fentanyl across the border. Isn't fentanyl like where it's like not even a gram? I guess that's correct. I don't know. I don't even know. Is it powder? Is it like liquid? What is it? Yeah, like it can kill. No, like a tiny little bit can kill like a whole subdivision of people. That's terrifying. Good heavens. Up next, Alan Dershowitz unpacks some of the legal questions that I've heard from you and some that I have regarding the raid and more. Stick with us. Red meat, black coffee, truth telling. The Dana Show. No, it's not enough to warn all this. And this is a daring and dangerous move by the Department of Justice to serve a warrant on a former president and to raid his personal residence. Mm, that's true. That is absolutely true. That's CNN legal analyst Paul Kalin, who was like, yeah, yeah. Welcome back to the show, Dana Lash here. So I got to apologize to you. We were, and, and it was all happening this morning. We were going to have Alan Dershowitz on like right now. And he got hung up. So he's joining us tomorrow. Uh, which and then we're going to do all those questions and I might keep him long just because just because I may just hold him over. So what I'll do is I'm going to open up newsletter questions. So if you're a subscriber, if you want like throw a question that you don't think that has been adequately answered by the press, I'd, I'd, I'd love to see it. Or if there's something you think that I have that 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 you want me to ask, maybe it's something I haven't thought of cover all our bases. I'll put that up and I'll have that open for you in the newsletter over at Substack chapter and verse. Sometimes it happens like that. You know, it's just like, oh, somebody like somebody who wasn't available suddenly became available and then all of a sudden got hung up and they weren't available. That's the nature of the game. So our apologies to you on that. So this. um, Yeah, I know. I said CNN legal analyst Paul Kalin. The CNN legal analyst Paul Kalin was a part that threw us all legal. No, it's the CNN part. I just got to tell you, when you see some of the people over at CNN going, oh, uh, uh, that's, that's just bad. What, what's happening? When they react like that to stuff that involves other Republicans or involves Republicans, that's when you know something is super sketchy. Yeah. I... I mean, you, you're, you're going to get the same thing with the partisans, no matter what. But those aren't the people that you watch as like the, to take the temperature of this, how hot this is. It's those kind of people. Because you do have some more measured people that go on the CNN and MSNBCs. The funny thing is, is that their base audience at CNN and MSNBC hate those people. They hate them to bits. But when they say things like, uh, hold up, this is a little weird. This didn't, none of this stuff sounds right. Mm. Now, I gotta, I have to share this with you because I just, this is from New York Times. Listen to how they do this. Donald Trump declined to answer questions from the office of the New York Attorney General Letitia James on Wednesday, invoking the Fifth Amendment. Officials hope the deposition would be a turning point in an, into, in an investigation into his business practices. Well, you, because you don't have to. Well, one of my friends said, my friend Kurt Schlichter said, quote, suck it, never speak to cops. I would just say you don't have to incriminate yourself, but also that. That doesn't mean that you're guilty for the love. I mean, that's just so. Why? And by the way, why in the hell would you have no obligation to talk to somebody who wants to frame you? Stop it. I'm not. Do not allow the psychological abuse to be perpetuated on you. This is it's ridiculous. Just stop. 
That's what this is. Well, if you didn't have any, do you realize this is some like Ike Turner stuff? Stop it. You provoke me. Quit. You don't have to talk to people who are trying to incriminate you. Stop trying to incriminate people. And maybe, you know, people will talk to you, feds. Maybe. <sighs> now, I keep, uh, you're going to hear a lot about routine law enforcement action. That That's kind of starting to trend. I'm seeing this everywhere. They're really, I think they realized how bad this looks. And so they keep trying to say, oh, it's routine law enforcement uh, procedure. This is routine. It's routine. It's not, though. It is not. It is absolutely not. And that's, they, I think that that's kind of, you know, an indication they realize how they are really far over their skis here. I mean, the idea, too, because you have this New York State thing going at him. That's another arrow. This is all organized. It's all, I mean, it's just, it's just so crazy. Do you realize, you know, the other thing that I saw? Uh, let me pull this up. I just think that, I'm sorry, I just think that this is interesting, too, that this is all happening all at the same time. Liz Cheney bought ad time on Fox. Her campaign purchased, it's coming up Tuesday, she purchased a series of national ad spots on Fox News to run the viral campaign that she debuted last week featuring her dad. And he, he's wearing his hat and he's like, he's a coward. Blah, blah, blah. And that's a lot. I wonder what day part it's going to run in because ads on Fox are crazy expensive. So apparently, I'm looking at another piece here. This, the ads are scheduled twice each day. They're going to run on Fox and Friends. And guess what? They're going to... That is so expensive. Oh, my gosh. That's so expensive. You guys would fall over if you know how much these ads go. I mean, you're like, for like a 30-second, it's like six figures for an ad, one ad. Uh, And then also once each day on Sean Hannity's program. They're doing this on purpose because they know Trump watches. How is this helpful? This woman spends more time bitching about the administration that she doesn't like instead of proposing things that's going to help voters. You got people that are paying double and triple for gas than they did a year ago. You have people that are actually reorienting how they're, what their families do and changing their budgets and downsizing and et cetera, et cetera, all because of the current economic state. And all she can do is Trump, 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 Trump. I, you know, I, I normally don't get sassy with people unless I think they're, unless for two reasons. A, they get sassy with me, or B, their behavior merits it. And I've never, I've never actually met her. I don't think I've ever, I've never spoken to her. I've never met her. I think she follows me on Twitter. Um, I don't exactly know why, but I just don't understand what she thinks that she's accomplishing here. Do you, I mean, does she honestly believe that she's going to turn around and be like a Democrat wunderkind or something? That she's going to be celebrated and, oh, she took a stand and lost everything. Welcome to the party, Liz. They won't even support moderate Democrats in that party. Have you seen what they do to people like Kirsten Sinema? What in the world does she, what does she think that she's going to go and get? I mean, I'm only assuming, I don't know what else the woman's going to do. Her career in politics is over. 
I don't know what else she thinks she's going to do. What is the end game here? What is her what is her goal? And then she's got her dad doing this ad. You know, <laughs> there's nothing, folks, that grassroots voters love more than from someone in the Bush administration to excoriate them. I tell you what, I mean, they love it. Grassroots people love it. <laughs> I mean, I almost, I just don't have words. I remember one time, gosh, when was this? I, I, I saved all these tweets. That's the thing. So you want to know something real petty? I shouldn't say this. Should I? Sure. Okay. I've saved every single nasty thing that anyone in office or associated with elected office has ever said to me and i keep it all in a full a searchable file so before i do anything with anyone i search it and if they're asking me for something i send them back to that to i send it to them and i give them the opportunity to rectify that i'm not even joking i totally do this everyone should i do keep a blank list yes i told and you and people think i should run for office you think i'm joking when i say would totally abuse my authority i'm honest with you i don't want the position so I just I remember in the early days of the Tea Party. Oh my gosh, we made everything so inconvenient for so many people in the establishment and there were there were there were people criticizing me and you know and saying this is not how this is not how you do retail politics. And oh my gosh, they were so snotty about it with their little suits and bow ties and and you know probably like angrily tweeting at me as they sipped on their give me a bougie drink at a country club on a Sunday afternoon, Kane. Something. No, mint julep is a good drink. That's the, that's the drink of Kentucky. We no, those people ain't included in that. No, no, let's put that to the side. I just drink scotch. I have no idea what <laughs> I don't else know. is out there. I mean, I might go get some of that fireball that spilled out there in Arkansas on the highway. I don't know. But, you know, you know what I mean? They were, they like looked down on us. They were so snotty to us because of how we were doing things. We were very guerrilla in the early days. Oh my gosh. And they did not like that. They thought it upended the pomp and circumstance, the pomposity of their, what they do. How dare thou? How dare you hold this rally for the unwashed masses? And then after they got done yelling at us, then they wanted to be part of it. It was funny to watch. It was just weird. I, I got barked at by so many people. Oh, man, I remember. So I just, I just don't think that that's a winning message <laughs> for, for, for voters who are done with people being in the establishment. Let's bring out someone who literally helped make the establishment <laughs> come and lecture everybody. I mean, you can dress it up in a hat and however you want to, but it's still, you know, I'm reminded doesn't matter who you bring out. This reminds me of a great monologue that was uttered by uh, one Dixie Carter. I used to watch a show with my mom all the time when I was a kid. Designing Women. Yes, of course, they were Democrats, and it was written by a Clinton toady, Linda Bloodworth Thomas. I get it, and she's, I get it. But it was still a great monologue, and it was Julia Sugarbaker giving a monologue to this guy who was uh, trying to, or this girl who was trying to get with her guy, Reese, who apparently she was married to in real life, interestingly enough. And she was telling her, because the girl was trying to, you know, she was punching up, right? And uh, she met Julia Sugarbaker in the ladies' room at a restaurant after she was making a fool of herself, hanging all over Julia Sugarbaker's man. And so Julia Sugarbaker came out and she told her, she goes, you know what? I've grown up in Georgia. I have seen, I have seen 
manure tilled far and wide, plowed and pulled across fields. And she took a look at the woman in her dress and she goes, but until now, I have never seen it wrapped up in so pretty a package, but it's still manure. And I thought, oh, man, that's such a great put down. And I feel like that every time some of these establishment people come out and they try to act like they're the bouncers for the conservative movement or the Republican Party, and they want to lecture all the grassroots conservative people, we don't need that. Because we have seen manure tilled far and wide, plowed and pulled across fields, and until now we have never seen it wrapped up so neat and tidy in a package. I feel the same way, but it's still manure. That's exactly it. Now, coming up, I've got today's stupidity for you. I've got uh, Jared Bernstein dodging high inflation questions. I got a number of things that I'm going to make sure that we get into for you today. Listen to the Dana Show live on the Odyssey app. Weekdays, noon to 3 p.m. Eastern Time. Here's what Americans are dealing with. Eggs are up 38%. Margarine, 32 Flour, 22 Coffee, 20 Soup, 19%. Lunch meat, 18%. Can you say today that inflation has peaked in America, given these numbers? What I can say today is that inflation went up 0% in the month of July. So that's a no. We haven't peaked? But I thought you said it didn't go up at all, though, ever. So we haven't peaked also? Yeah. Good heavens. That's Jared Bernstein totally dodging when he's asked, about the high inflation on food costs, highest in four decades. Welcome back to the show. Dana Lash here. I got to tell you, I just, I saw this story because, you know, the Bidens are leaving for their South Carolina vacay. Hey, they're on vacation. And, you know, they were, uh, they had the cameras there and it showed the whole fam damnly getting on the plane, including, oh, there's Hunter Biden getting on taxpayer funded Air Force One. Hunter Biden. No, like, embarrassment at all none at all getting on air force one i I hope that they do a thorough scrubbing of all of the tray tables i hope that all of the mirrors are secured on the walls oh man so they're they're going to kiowa south carolina and they got on Air Force One, and he just, you know, he just still is coughing his head off, still testing. Well, he's not testing positive, I guess. I don't know. But, I mean, just the audacity of having Hunter Biden get on the plane with you. You couldn't have Hunter meet you there if you're going to go on vacation. You have to get have him get on Air Force One with you, knowing everything that we know. I mean, literally, not even two years ago, he's in a, what is it, the deprivation tank, sensory deprivation tank? That's not how they work. They're not supposed to be like a capsule of bathwater that you sit in and smoke crack. But I am without words. I, it makes me a special kind of angry when I see that, Kane. We're paying for It's him. kind of a middle finger to America mm-hmm. when you think about it. Oh, it completely is. Oh, it completely is. I just, we're just paying, we're just paying for Joe Biden to go. And then and, and Hunter Biden, I mean, I... The president goes on vacation, but you don't have to take your crack smoking, national security compromising, drug addicted, 4473 falsifying son. You don't. 
Not at all. And then after this raid, ooh, mm, I'm telling you. You know what's interesting, too? Uh, one of the other things, we're going to talk more about this tomorrow. They deleted it, but the Internet's forever. It's funny because the IRS was advertising for jobs. And they also said, you know, you can carry a firearm, be willing to use deadly force if necessary, be willing to participate in arrests, execution of search warrants and other dangerous things, work 50 hours a week. They must include irregular hours, be on call 24-7. I've seen this before. Um, And they actually do. It's up on the government website. They actually do have the authority to do all of that. Uh, So we're going to talk about that tomorrow because they posted this and now it's gone. But the Internet remembers because like Pepperidge Farms, we got to... We, we've got a copy. We, we saved it. Screenshots. All right. Today in Stupidity Kane. All right. It is Swalwell. Uh, he said, this is projection in my opinion. Listen to what he says here. It's very clear that Republicans have recognized that they can no longer win elections with votes. And so they're leaning in hard to try and win elections uh, with violence. And the- okay. Hmm. Who's the violent party when it comes to... Mm-hmm. Uh, Political discourse, yeah, it's definitely projection. The left uses Antifa violence wasn't all the time. on the left, I, or I mean, on the right. That's what I'm saying. BLM wasn't on the right. Yeah, Occupy Wall Street wasn't on the right. Exactly. Huh. All right, folks. Tomorrow, I'm going to tell you about that job listing that they posted and tried to remove. We got that. Alan Dershowitz and more tomorrow. Have a great night. Back with you then.